So across the CS team as, as a whole, and really kind of all our client-facing teams, we're focusing this year on boosting uh, conversion. So from that, not a customer to trialing user to being a customer and then retaining them, trying to boost that conversion retention process uh, through every channel by providing more value and a focus on proactive communication. So going beyond the the reacting of, you know, to, to a negative survey response or or to something breaking in their account and, and being able to proactively communicate and get ahead of those issues before their issues or, you know, as soon as they occur. You're listening to Caffeinated with host Nathan Resnick, the show where we help companies level up their customer service to turn this expense into a profit center so you can increase revenue and drive customer happiness. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Caffeinated brought to you by Caffeinated CX. Today we have Elliot Fox on from SimpleSat. A lot of you probably heard of SimpleSat as the go-to customer satisfaction platform. Elliot, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, Nathan. It's good to be here. So I want to dive in because maybe some listeners have not heard of SimpleSat. Give us the overview. What does SimpleSat do? You know, give us the background of the company, the the size of it today, what it looks like, all that fun stuff. Yeah, so I'm sure we're, you know, everyone's familiar with the the survey solutions that have taken off, you know, on the back of your receipts and the in the bathrooms and airports and all all that noise. Uh Simple Sats essentially uh, the same thing. It's a survey company, but we're primarily uh, web-based, and we're we're trying to make it as as accessible and as easy to use and as simple to use as possible. Uh, so when we started the company about six years ago, we were focusing specifically on like IT companies, kind of small, service-oriented, and and you know a very cost-effective solution for them. But we've been been scaling from that kind of you know starting point and going after you know bigger SaaS companies now and and wider use case and trying to kind of angle and position ourselves to be uh, to go up upstream and, and get to bigger markets with a, a survey solution, kind of like a, you know, like survey monkey or something like that, but just trying to keep it, you know, as simple as possible and to have all that survey data coming into one place. Got it. Makes sense. And for a company that's listening, I mean, why does customer satisfaction surveys matter? I mean, what are kind of the main data points that you're asking or what are kind of the most useful data points that you see customers asking? Yeah, so I think I think most companies know just how important, you know, customer feedback is. And when you're when you're a small company or maybe you have a very close knit, tight relationship with your customers, it might not be necessary to to survey them because you're already having, you know, detailed uh meetings and whatnot. But, you know, past that point when you start to have more employees and you want to, you know, assure uh, that you're offering quality service, it's it's really important that you're surveying off of the interactions your staff are having. And it just serves as kind of that you know, security tape of making sure that, you know, you're offering your service and it's meeting your quality standards each time. And that if there is something, you know, God forbid, some mistake or interruption of service or something that happens, that survey will basically allow you to react to that. It'll let you know what's going on and it'll give you a chance to to make things right. Uh, hopefully before the customer is at their, you know, boiling point and it's, it's uh, too late to uh, repair things. Got it. Makes sense. And then in terms of how SimpleSat works with different ticketing systems like Zendesk or Freshdesk or whatever it may be, what does that interaction look like? Are you, nat- are you natively integrated? You know, what does that look like from an integration standpoint as well as from like an implementation standpoint? And then follow-up question would be kind of, I know Zendesk and some other ticketing systems have a customer satisfaction survey type of product. How do you make yourself different than that offering? I mean, really, one of the really cool things um, about SimpleSat is that 
you know, if, if people come to us and they have a use case or they have an idea of how it should work or how they want it to work, we'll listen to our, our customers or our prospective customers that are going into demos, their use cases. And we like to work with them to figure out, you know, an ide- ideal way to get them to that solution they're looking for. So there are, there are definitely like easy canned approaches, uh, but we're open to, you know, out of the outside of the box ideas and workarounds to try and, you know, match the ideal use case for our customers. Uh, but typically with, with uh, service desks, it's, uh, it uses an HTML uh, embed, which you put inside of an existing email notification, uh, or more complicated ways usually involves the, the API, and there's some sort of data connection going around. And maybe we would send the emails for our clients instead of the, the service desk software sending the emails. Uh, but those, those get a little bit more involved. And then for your, your additional question about what's the advantage over the native survey solutions, um, what I, I, I think you know, what, you, what you see with uh, softwares that try to do everything in one solution is that they maybe do everything, but most of it is at its most basic implementation. Uh, so if you have a, a CRM, right, they're, they're trying to do too much, basically, and they, they can't, they don't have the resources to focus specifically on surveys to make it work, you know, 100% well for all the different use cases that are out there. And hopefully that's where we can come in and, uh, you know, make things different. And uh, we can work with all the use cases out there. And if, if there are use cases we can't work with, we're very interested in, in knowing about those and looking into those and, you know, seeing uh, if there is a solution for those. Makes sense. I want to talk about, you know, your experience and your thoughts as a whole when it comes to customer service. I know a lot of CX leaders have asked about AI and how AI is is implemented correctly in in a support team you know what your thoughts are on ai i mean from what you've seen in the cx world what do you think of ai right now and and what kind of implementations have you seen mm. uh ai well i mean it's hard for me to to speak in generalizations i don't, I don't know for every company um at least for our company i know that ai is a little it's a little premature to to be exposing that in our support operations to our customers um i think we'd want to make it you know, work a little bit better or uh, we just don't in our in our support system, we don't have a lot of um, repeat questions like, a, you know, basic questions that a bot could answer uh, really easily and, and do effectively and save the work from a support person. Uh, most of the support issues we have are, you know, it's, it's like technical troubleshooting where you're diving through error logs and trying to, you know, find a solution or, you know, people are pitching use cases and it's a it's part of a bigger discussion usually that might get routed back to our sales team or something like that. The way I see AI for it to be used most effectively right now is is more in terms of like enablement or in a in a supporting capacity to help, you know, with drafting or making some documents or, you know, rephrasing a response for, for support agents. So it's in that kind of assisting role. There's still the opportunity for the agent to to provide that quality control check to make sure you know, the content is informative and is, is still providing value. Um, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. I mean, from what we've seen at Caffeinated CX, you know, AI is great in terms of superpowering support me- team members to essentially auto-draft responses, you know, have thank you automation, stuff like that. There's a lot of AI workflows that we've seen unlock a lot of efficiencies. But when it comes to mm-hmm. like AI bots, I mean, unless there's very repetitive questions like you mentioned, there's so many edge cases when it comes to support that AI is obviously not going to be be able to answer them all. So I think you hit the nail on the head in terms of, you know, are bots really there yet? And I think at the end of the day too, you know, people like to communicate with people and I don't think AI is, is necessarily there yet. One question that I have, because I know you mm-hmm. need support at SimpleSat, 
is what does your tech stack look like? You know, what ticketing system are you using? What are the tools are you using? And then a follow-up question to that is, are you, is your support team all in-house? Is it outsourced? You know, what does that look like? Do you work with a BPO? <laughs> yeah, really interesting answers to, uh, to that latter question. Uh, but for uh, software stack on the support side, it's, it's primarily intercom. So we use that as our CRM, our main communications channel. We have HubSpot kind of on the sales side, but it's not really support related. And then we'll use intercom for like the help center and stuff too. And, th and they have some AI capabilities there too. But uh, again, just for our operations, it didn't make sense to, to expose that chatbot yet. You know, actually, we've started using AI in our app for some kind of supporting things for our users as well. So definitely, yeah, I really I really like it for some of the, like the creative and, and, and the su supporting role. That's software stack. Uh, for, for outsourced employees, we actually uh, do something a little interesting. Uh, so as you know, we're based out of, out of Thailand. Uh, so we have in-house employees that are in Thailand, but that's mainly developers. And then I work out of Thailand. Uh, and then we have our, our support staff and I, I would say more junior level, kind of like entry level non-developer staff are all based out of the Philippines, but they're also in-house because we have a, a branch in the Philippines. So kind of outsourced, kind of in-house. I don't really, really know what you call that. Got it. Yeah. I mean, it sounds a little bit of a hybrid in terms of you are a international company and you have your own team members in Thailand and the Philippines, which I think is a really unique yeah. approach. And I know a lot of larger organizations take that approach. I think for many you know, seven, eight figure SaaS companies, a lot of times it's a bit challenging for them to go over and hire their own team. So they often work with a BPO, but, you know, we've seen mm -hmm. it done both ways. And I think for the more technical support, of course, that's, you know, pretty much always going to be uh, full-time in-house, which I think is really mm -hmm. important to keeping, you know, quality of support Yeah, we had, a, we had started with a BPO, but it's just about, you know, if you really want to grow and nurture your staff and you want to keep them, you, you got to get them out of that BPO sphere. You have more control over that relationship make sure they're properly incentivized. Yeah. Let's talk about that. So did you recruit people out of that BPO or did you just decide to hire direct based on your own recruiting initiatives? No, we hired them out of the, uh, out of the BPO. We found some people we really like to work with and then we negotiated and like, how do we, how do we hire them out from you? How do we set up a business? Like we want to, you know, they kind of helped us that process. Got it. Interesting. So can you walk us through that process? So you set up your own entity in the Philippines, then it sounds like, and then, you know, had to negotiate uh, some sort of agreement to hire those people directly from the BPO? Yeah, I mean, it, it just sounds like we broached the conversation with them. I wasn't too involved in that process. We also have, um, we have a parent company. So we, uh, we have kind of like our HR is with the parent company. So I think, you know, they, they were helping with that process as well. But yeah, so I wasn't directly Got involved. It. I can't really say more than that. Got it. Makes sense. And then in terms of main metrics that you track as the head of, you know, customer support, what are the main metrics that you're looking at either on a daily or weekly basis? Um, I guess primarily through, through intercom. Yeah. So the canned reports that, um, intercom provides, uh, makes it really easy to track median response time and, uh, median first response time. Um, so we look at those really closely for KPIs, but we realized that when we began you know, looking at those weekly and emphasizing those so heavily, like we saw improvement, but we were still getting, you know, some negative CSATs. And it, it made us realize that it's not just like the average or the median that you need to pay attention to, but it's really the outliers, which are important. So the median helps with, you know, reducing the number of outliers, but then every single outlier is, is you know, potentially a failed support interaction that could have gone better or, you know, training opportunity to put a positive spin on it. Got it. That makes a lot of sense. In terms of initiatives for this year, 2023, 
what are you focused on in, in your support team? Is there certain initiatives you're working on? What, what does that look like? Yeah, so across the, the CS team as, as a whole and really kind of all our client-facing teams, we're focusing um, this year on boosting uh, conversion. So from that, you know, um, not a customer to trialing user to being a customer and then retaining them, trying to boost that conversion retention process uh, through every channel by providing more value and a focus on proactive communication. So going beyond the the reacting of, you know, to, to a negative survey response or or to something breaking in their account and, and being able to proactively communicate and get ahead of those issues before their issues or, you know, as soon as they occur. How do you think a support team can translate, you know, product needs well to a product team or sales team, right? Because I think support a lot of times, like you're saying, you're kind of the first line to get negative feedback or a product request. What's the best way to go about translating that into a feature request or a sales request? You know, how do you find support mm -hmm. product and sales working in the best way possible together? Yeah. So the, the way that works for us uh, is to have our support agents be responsible mm -hmm. for making sure that the, those things get tracked. So they get input into a data collection system. Um, we use product board for that. It, it does like a, a public product roadmap that you can show and share with your customers. It also tracks um, feature requests that you submit to it. It can categorize it. And then you can look at things based on user demand. Um, so the way that our, our staff does it is they'll actually tag um, a specific message within a conversation in intercom. If it was a, a feature request or if there was maybe like a bug mentioned or something, and then they'll they'll leave a note kind of describing, you know, what the feature request is. And then all that information just flows into product board uh, where somebody will categorize it later. And then it'll be, you know, it'll be all be tracked there and ready for our product team to digest and to use in sprint planning meetings. Got it. That's awesome. We'll have to check out product board. As we wrap up here on Caffeinated, Elliot, one question that I like to end with is a time that you get to ask yourself your own question and answer it. So I don't know if there's a question that's top of mind that you think a lot of CX leaders would like to hear, but anything that comes to mind around, you know, support or success or startups in general or life in general that, you know, you want to answer that's top of mind. Hmm. I, I guess one thing that, that I've been thinking about, you know, lately, just with my personal situation and, and work environment, it's, it's been about, you know, how do you, how do you avoid burnout? And it's about finding, you know, a sustainable work-life balance, you know, a happy medium to where you can be effective long-term without, you know, one side dominating the other and still looking for that balance, but uh, I feel like I'm getting closer. Nice. There we go. Elliot Fox, well, thank you so much for joining us on Caffeinated, brought to you by Caffeinated CX. If people want to follow you or learn more about SimpleSat, where can they find you? Find me on uh, LinkedIn, just uh, Elliot Fox at, at SimpleSat, or just search up SimpleSat on LinkedIn. You'll find us. No problem. Awesome. Sounds good. Well, thank you, everyone, for tuning in. And thank you again, Elliot. Thanks, Nate.